today on Happy Hour is Reagan's Polyp, a strange punk band out of New York from the early 90s, 1996 to be exact. So you're going to be hearing them in between all the hilarious comedians tonight on the Happy Hour here on MutinyRadio.fm at 6 o'clock. We're getting started right away because we have so many comedians. We want to get them all in tonight. Four-minute sets. When you hear the horn, not that sound. I'll have a real horn at this point. I'll be more organized. Uh, but that means you have a minute left. So when you hear the horn, don't wrap it up. It means you have a minute. You have a whole minute to tell your jokes. And don't think I'm running you off stage, because I'm not. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. Uh, thanks for being here at Mutiny Radio. Give it up for Tom, running the ones and twos in back. Yes. You're all here. You're comedians. You want to get started with the hilarious comedy. Put your hands together for your first comedian of the night. It's Christopher Jarmillo. It's okay. It's fine. Uh, I think your next comedian is here. Yeah. All right, he was on the free sign. He did all of his work. Put your hands together. It's Jeff Dean. Hey guys, how's it going? David, how are you doing? So guys, bear with me. I got a I got a Santa Claus joke. If you wanted a if you wanted a seasonal comedian, you're looking at the wrong guy. Um, and don't get me wrong here, guys. I think Santa Claus really turned out to be a great guy. Before I get started, um, I just feel like, and I also realize that he's he's a made up person, right? But I think that there's a like. There's a lot of this story that wasn't told, and there's a lot of serious questions that need to be answered. Um, and you know, I, I'm 25 right now. I'm going through you know my quarter life crisis, if you will. I have no idea what I want to do with my life, and I think like, what is, what did Santa, what was he like, you know, at this time in his life? What, how did he deal with this, right? Um, and I just picture him at like a bar with his friends. They all dropped out of college, and you're probably thinking, oh, Jeff, like when Santa was a kid. College didn't exist, and it's like, fuck you, all right? Like, just, just believe the story. Anyway, so he's, so he's at a bar. He's talking to his friends. They dropped out of college, and they're like, what do you want to do with your life, Santa? And he's, Santa goes, you know, I just, I just want to bring smiles to the faces of children all over the world, you know? And they're like, okay. But, I mean, how are you going to do that? Obvious follow-up question, right? Um, and he's like, okay, well, I'm going to go to every kid's house at midnight on Jesus' birthday. And I'm just going to give them a sweet little gift, you know, exactly what they wanted. And they're going to say, well, how do you know what they want? And they said, well, he says, well, it's easy. I'm going to, you know, I'll know when they're sleeping. I'll know when they're awake. I know if they've been bad or good. So, you know, hopefully they'll be good for goodness sake, you know. Um, and they're going to think, you know, wait, um, let's see here. And, you know, like I said, I think Santa turned out to be a great guy. But, you know what the scariest thing about this whole thing is? Why the fuck are the children not asking these questions? I'd like to think, if I were to go back in time, back to my childhood with the wherewithal that I have now, that I would think, okay, this guy's breaking into my house at midnight. He's dropping off presents. He likes, he likes children a lot, apparently. I want to know what this guy's intentions are, you know? 
And it's scary that we're not teaching our children to question this. We need to teach them to question everything, guys, especially when it comes to strangers. Anyway, that's what I got about Santa. Um, <laughs> so I moved, I moved here recently. I'm struggling and making friends, you know? It's like moved here for a job, didn't know anybody. And making guy friends is tough. I just recently broke up with my girlfriend. And uh, it's like, I don't even want to talk to girls. I just want dude friends, you know? I want to build a good group. And so, like, I'll meet a guy, you know? We'll be texting. It's exciting, you know? I say, hey. I'm thinking, okay, this guy's a software developer. He's white. He wants a burrito, right? I'll go, hey, you want to get, like, a burrito after work? And he's like... And then I see the bubbles come up, and I'm like, oh, he's going to text me back. And then they go away, and it's like, fuck. <laughs> and then I'm like, OK. Uh, and then he texts me back. He's like, oh, hey, I already had a burrito for lunch, but thanks. And it's like, fuck you, man. You know, I just wanted to get dinner, you know? <laughs> we didn't have to get burritos. We could have got pizza, burger. I'm really open to anything. <laughs> but I don't want to seem too needy, either. <laughs> it's tough out here, guys. Um, all right. Thank you for uh, the time. All right. Jeff Dean is using Tinder to date dudes for burritos. Yay. I, yeah, burritos are always delicious. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I can't believe that you got nagged by a dude. You're so cute. Look at your beard. Like, how did he not? How is he not into you? Like, that's so weird. Uh, your next comedian. Wow, you look like my ex-meth dealer. That is really exciting right now. I haven't seen that guy in 15 years. And <laughs> here you are. Even had a little dog. Uh, I don't know what's happening tonight. It's crazy. Uh, your next comedian is a hilarious individual. He runs a podcast called the FEFY. Uh, it's been changing dates, but you can find them on iTunes and tune in. It's the Fifi. Fuck everything. Fuck you. It's Timothy Pizza! Hi. <laughs> the, uh, the older I get, the weirder my thumbs taste. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I've been drinking a lot of pond water. Uh, yeah, I know. It's like I'm getting older and I don't want to get old. Uh, like, you ever watch, like, a dude in his, like, 70s or 80s, like, take a nap? It's like he's fighting off the white light. <laughs> it's like, I remember my grandma, it's like, where the fuck did she bury all those parakeets? Every time I was over there, it was a new parakeet. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna make it a positive thing. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take my life one day. Uh, it's gonna be a good thing though. Um, everybody's got like these uh, you know their sex moves like the Cleveland steamer, the uh, I don't know the yeah uh, dirty Sanchez. I've got suicide moves. Uh, my, uh, my first off, uh, there's the the, uh, the Sandy Duncan. Uh, Sandy Duncan was a weird old lady with a glass eye. Uh, that's when you uh, drown yourself in your cat's litter box. Uh, Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are you on a raft without a patter? 
will gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of mutiny radio.fm from there you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures they've got live comedy to small business advice lgbtq friendly to sports vinyl to gutter punk mutiny radio.fm has the best programming the internet ocean has to offer you i bet my peg leg on it or i ain't scurvy shit face mcrat <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, 
country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk, come together with music from around the world, with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio, when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment, wherein both listener and host find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on MutinyRadio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than MutinyRadio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Trying to hurt me, but boy, how it burns me whenever she touched me. And oh, I feel so lucky, well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamylicious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Blender's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son! and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now! 
to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets, kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. But you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Meet New Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be like in front of an audience, like other than like squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Well, shoot. From time to time, I've given it a thought or two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things, dude, before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dang nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo!
Hello, I'm Chuck Weiss, and welcome to Close Encounters. I'll act as your guide while together we explore the twin phenomena of UFOs and alien abduction. In my last podcast, I described how my friend Harold is a genuine psychic who channels a chorus of invisible grays that sometimes answers our questions. Tonight, I'll tell you more of what they told us. But first, this message. What is CopWatch? CopWatch is a network of activist organizations in the United States and Canada that observe and document police activity while looking for signs of police misconduct and police brutality. Their database is a permanent searchable repository of complaints filed against police officers at copwatch.org. You can report an incident for permanent inclusion in their database at copwatch.org. This public service announcement is brought to you by your friends at Muni Radio in San Francisco.
Tonight I'm featuring the music of Cusco, a composer from Peru. That was titled Northeaster. In my last podcast, titled Two Exclusives, I described what the Greys had told Harold and me about the original alien hybrid program that was started in the 1940s, how it was conducted from an underground laboratory by Nazi paperclip scientists supervised by the Greys, and how the war between the Earth and the Flying Saucers started in July of 1947 when our military shot down a disc outside Roswell, New Mexico. Over the years, Harold's Invisible Chorus of Greys has conversed with us on many other topics as well. Here is some more of what they have told us. I was able to find out a little more about the Greys as a species. When I asked, Harold's voices confirmed my suspicion that they work to perpetuate the mechanism of reincarnation. In my book and in episode 6 of these Close Encounter podcasts, I explain how I came to this startling conclusion. The greys are interdimensionals in that they come from another dimension rather than being true extraterrestrials, beings from other planets like Earth. That being said, however, I will often use the term ETs when referring to any species not of this Earth, including the greys. It is the duty of the small greys to genetically create the physical bodies into which they place our souls about to be reborn. Our bodies are evidently custom-made. They compared it to creating a glove to fit a specific hand. The greys are sometimes said to use the word container when referring to the human body, but that's not true. They use the word shell instead. Container is a word that was most likely coined by Majestic so that they could determine the source of any report that used it. Those that refer to shells are considered genuine, while those that use the word container are known to originate from one of their own disinformation sources. I asked the greys directly, and they confirmed my suspicions that the human race is one of their creations. Actually, the greys are not the only ones to have had a hand in the making of humans. The three specific classifications of man, Occidental, Oriental, and Negroid, are actually mixtures of three different alien DNA strands with a species of primate here on Earth, most likely the bonobo chimpanzee. The missing link, for which anthropologists have long been looking, is in fact a gray. Although the greys admit that they are one of the three alien races that use their own DNA to create Homo sapiens sapien, modern man, they didn't specify the other two alien donor species. The greys are cloned to their specific purpose and are awakened with full memory of their previous incarnations. Until recently, the greys have been an unemotional species, but they've recently created, through their own alien hybrid program, a new generation of themselves with the full base of human emotions. Harold and I found that his chorus will sometimes evade a question. While they have been surprisingly forthcoming on several subjects and have answered many specific questions that we've asked, Harold and I found that they will remain silent, A, when humans wouldn't understand the answer, their words, B, when the greys genuinely don't know the answer, or C, when they've been told to remain silent by still higher beings than themselves. There is a definite hierarchy in the heavens above us. At first, the answers we received to our questions often seemed ambiguous or even contradictory. Now, whenever Harold submits a question to his chorus, he has them vote so that we can have a better feel for the validity of any answer that they give. 
on any specific question, they'll report back to him on the percentage that voted yes or no, as well as those that declined to say anything at all. Now that half of Harold's chorus is made up of the new emotional gray hybrids that are much more sympathetic to us humans, a vote of 65% is considered to be almost unanimous. The tall grays are what have been called throughout the centuries guardian angels. They are assigned to a human individual for their lifetime and facilitate all the major life events that have been programmed to unfold, beginning obviously with the person's birth. Later on, at the outset of puberty, a follow-up visit is scheduled to monitor the hormonal changes taking place. Another major life event of concern to the Greys comes when the individual is of an age when he or she can start a family. For abductee experiencers, the selection of a mate is seldom, if ever, left to chance. Originally, the Greek god Cupid shot his arrows not to create feelings of love between two people, but instead strong feelings of lust. The ancient pagan festivals that honored that horny little deity always ended in revelry and sex orgies. Cupid was, in fact, a grey. Creating feelings of heavy lust between two people whose DNA is considered to be a good match is their favorite method of bringing people together for procreation. For them, it's all about getting the next generation born, moving that DNA on down the line. Some of the family bloodlines that are monitored go back to the creation of civilization itself, to the first cities that man built after trading in his old nomadic existence for the food surpluses that an agricultural life could offer. Abraham, the patriarch of the Hebrews, was born in Ur, the first documented city ever built, and Jews as a people have long been of special interest to the Greys. People of Scottish or Celtic ancestry are also tracked because of their ancient lineage. It was recently discovered, for example, that the gene for red hair comes down to us from Neanderthal man, who we now know lived alongside modern man and mated with him before dying out as a parallel species. Indigenous people the world over are also candidates for long-term monitoring by the greys. The greys have been with mankind from the beginning of time and have made the human race to receive the souls that they recycle. That's why they know us so well. They created us and the world on which we live. Earth was seeded with life so that it could be used as a school where souls incarnate in order to gain the experience necessary to advance to higher orders of consciousness. There are many other planets that host sentient life, but none evidently with as large an emotional base as us humans. Harold was told that while other life forms may be capable of two or three emotional responses at best, they have nowhere near the broad range of feelings that we do. It is the wide range of emotions that we can draw on in any situation that allows us to have and exercise free choice. We have the ability to choose different ways to react, and that creates multiple possibilities. Souls that want to take the fast track to consciousness raising elect to incarnate here on Earth. But, as we all know, it's not easy. Earth is a tough school and recognized as such throughout the galaxy. Only the most determined to advance choose to be born here. Because of the importance that higher beings place on Earth and its inhabitants, no aliens are allowed to interfere with the affairs of men. There is a Star Trek-like prime directive in place, and it's just not permitted. They can visit to observe, but that's all. 
But what then to make of the stories of aliens seen working alongside humans in underground bases? Although I've never given such tales much credence, thinking that they were retellings of old disinformation pieces, I decided to ask Harold's voices nonetheless, and was surprised by the answer they gave. The aliens that are seen working with the military are clones, created using DNA taken from the bodies recovered from downed saucers. They are soulless creatures, not having been infused with one, and are raised by Majestic for its own purposes. Which leads me to restate what I've said before, but needs to be as widely understood as possible. There are no hostile aliens visiting Earth. Any stories to the contrary are either outright pieces of disinformation or hysterical interpretations of the available evidence. No less a personage than Dr. Werner von Braun, the man in charge of our space program up to and including Armstrong's historic walk on the moon, said so. Dr. Carol Rusin was von Braun's protege, and she has stated in several interviews that he told her numerous times that the military-industrial complex had a list of four counterfeit threats to the United States that would be used to support their funding. The first, the communist threat, was already in play at the time. The second was to be a terrorist threat, followed by an asteroid threat, and after that would come the threat of an alien invasion. While each of these threats was supposed to stimulate military spending, the alien threat was also meant to support their control of space. Von Braun had wanted her to work to ban space-based weapons so that international treaties against their use would be in place by the time the alien threat was scheduled to begin. According to Dr. Rusin, he told her on several occasions that human contact with many different species of extraterrestrials was already a reality, and that, quote, none of them are hostile. We're going to stop and take another break. When we come back, I'll tell you the incredible but true story of Charlie, my beautiful black and white kitten that was infused with the soul of a human. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T.
of spaces to news at mutinyradio.fm. We're always looking for writers and contributions. And check out our progressive news links at mutinyradio.fm. So tune in to Stranger in the Strange Land, Saturdays, midnight to 2 a.m. show from your favorite DJ? Did you find out about a guest interviewed on Mutiny Radio a day too late? Are you wishing that you had a time-traveling DeLorean to listen to those shows again? Don't you fret. Simply go to mutinyradio.fm and listen to our podcast. Yes, it's that easy. Click on the podcast button and find your favorite show. Heck, click a variety of podcasts for a sample of all of our great programming here at Mutiny Radio. And don't forget to listen to us live on iTunes Radio under the Eclectic section. The House of Pride radio show, LGBT radio for everyone. Funky interviews, funky beats, talking drag queens, and much, much more. It's LGBT radio for everyone. Listen live every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio, LGBT radio for everyone. Celebrating the considerable contributions of the LGBT community in San Francisco and beyond. Every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. Listen here for hot new local beats by LGBT artists and listen to live interviews. Tune in, turn on every Wednesday, 6 to 8 p.m. House of Pride Radio with drag queen personalities, Tweeka Turner and Pearl T. Join us every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Finally here in San Francisco, which is a good thing. And uh, so I didn't want to bring my computer, in, you know, because it looked like it might rain. And it's still, the air is super heavy, and it may burst out at This is Labor and Love. 
Welcome, hope you had a good week and I hope you had good work. I'm going to spend a couple hours today working the day shift with you, talking about labor-related news, opinion, history. You're tuned into Labor and Love. 20 years of schooling and they put you on the day shift. Okay, Bob Dylan, of course, with the, the subterranean homesick blues. Good morning to everyone. This is Labor and Love on Mutiny Radio, Mutiny Radio, social justice radio for the Bay and beyond. We're here at 2781 21st Street, coming your way with labor news, opinion, history, Music of social significance for, by, and about working people. This is where we tell you that if one person gets a dollar they didn't work for, another person worked for a dollar they didn't get. If you don't have a seat at the negotiating table, (laughs) probably on the menu. And third... Never, but never let anyone into your heart who's not a friend of labor. Let's hear Angela Davis here talk about breaking the silence. And finally, I want to, uh, you know, suggest that that we think about the larger picture. Um, the assault against affirmative action, the increasing conservatism. You know, I, I, th- I don't think I'm going to forget the way those uh, buildings that, the, that focus on the family complex look for a long time. I mean, that is, that is amazing. Uh, that is amazing. And it's not that, that we don't want to focus on um, our families. But the family is used in this um, ideological way. I mean, who is the real family, right? The real family is generally nuclear. Um, um, The father works. The mother's supposed to stay at home and be a good wife and mother. So the single mother is not, and her children, they don't count as a family. Um, there's a great deal of homophobia that is implied by that particular construction of the family. Uh, so that gays and lesbians who have families don't have, quote, real families, according to uh, these uh, people over there on the hill. Um, so, you know, I don't, I believe.
believe, I truly believe that those who are really committed to the kind of conservative politics that is messing up our lives today are the, major, are the minority of people in this country. Oh, that was a slip. I hope that... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they look like the majority. But that's because the rest of us are relatively silent. And I want to urge every single one of you who have come out to uh, participate in this community building moment to think very deeply about what you can do to make a difference. Thank you very much. said on this show we're all about music with social significance I'm tired of moon songs of star and of June songs they simply make me nap and ditties romantic drive me nearly frantic I think they're awful History's making, nations are quaking, why sing of stars above? For while we are waiting, Father Time's creating new things to be singing of. Sing me a song with social significance, all other tunes are taboo. I want a ditty with heat in it, appealing with feeling and meat in it. Sing me a song with social significance, or you can sing till you're blue. Let meaning shine from every line, or I won't love you. Sing me of wars and sing me of breadlines. Tell me of front page news. Sing me of strikes and last-minute headlines. Dress your observation in syncopation. Sing me a song with social significance. There's nothing else that will do. It must get hot with what is what, or I won't love you. song that's satirical, putting the mirror into miracle. It must be packed with social fact or I won't love you. Sing me of kings and conferences marshal. Tell me of Tense or I 
Okay, that was uh, Rosemary June and uh, her song Sing Me a Song with Social Significance. That's the kind of music you'll hear on this show. Uh, part of a musical that was put on by the International Ladies Garment Workers Union in, I believe, the, the 1950s. Uh, one of the participants was none other than Barbara Streisand, who uh, sings some of the songs. The album, album is called Pins and Needles. Good morning, everybody. On our show today, we have uh, our normal features. The Radio Labor Report, the uh, Workers' Independent News Report. We're going to talk a little about a big strike in Sweden. Um, huge strikes, martial law in France. This date in labor history. This week we lost Helen Fabela Chavez. So we're going to talk about her as well. But let's have some more music. This is Annie DeFranco with her sidekick, one Utah Phillips.
stories? Why tell them? What do they mean? When I went to high school, that's about as far as I got, reading my U.S. history textbook, well, I got the history of the ruling class. I got the history of the generals and the industrialists and the presidents who didn't get caught. How about you? I got the history of the people who own the wealth of the country, but none of the history of the people that created it, you know? So when I went out to get my first job, I went out armed with somebody else's class background. They never gave me any tools to understand or to begin to control the condition of my labor. And that was deliberate, wasn't it? Huh? They didn't want me to know this. They didn't, that's why this stuff isn't taught in the history books. That we're not supposed to know it. You understand that? No. If I wanted a true history of where I came from as a member of the working class, I had to go to my elders. Many of them, their best working years before pensions or social security, gave their whole lives to the mines, to the wheat harvest, to the logging camps, to the railroad, got nothing for it, just fetched up on the skids, living on short money, mostly drunk all the time. But they led those extraordinary lives that can never be lived again. And in the living of them, they gave me a history that is more profound, more beautiful, more powerful, more passionate, and ultimately more useful than the best damn history book I ever read. And I've said so often before, the long memory is the most radical idea in America. Sing a song I made up for one of those. I never met him. There's one flop hotel left in Spokane, Washington called the Clem Hotel. I'd walk through the parking lot there on my way to the park. An old man sitting up there in the window, a grimy window, face pale like a mask of death, gazing down at the parking lot, perfectly motionless. I'd make a point of going through there every day and I'd wave at him. Finally I got him so he'd at least lift his hand and wave a little bit. I went to the fellow at the desk in the hotel and I said, I want to meet that man. He said, he won't let you into his room. He's afraid of the young jack rollers. He's afraid of the young ones on the street. It'll knock you down for your little bit of pension money and for your little bit of VA, your food stamps. So he's got a spike mall handle behind the door and he won't let anybody come in there, but that he'll attack you. Well, I made this song for him anyway. I, I don't know if it's his whole story. It's not going to be mine. I sure hope it's not going to be yours. A poem. A poem I was gifted with. The time was 1960, the place, the USA. February 1st became a history-making day. Greensboro across the land, the news spread far and wide. Silently and bravely, you took a giant stride. He the cold Americans Tennessee, Denver, Colorado, to 
Washington, D.C. There rose a cry for freedom and human liberty. Oh, come along, my people, and take a seat with me. Heed the call, Americans all. of liberty. How can Americans deny my people equality? Constitution says you can and Christians you should know. Jesus died that morning so all of us could grow. He the Magic always led, 
Many stones were rolled, but God would not lie down. Many wild men lied, many fat men listened, though they offered stones. Magic still was fed, though they locked their coffers. God was always served. Magic is afoot, God rules. Alive is afoot, alive is in command. Many weak men hungered, many strong men thrived. Boasted solitude, God was at their side. Nor the dreamer in his cell, nor the captain on the hill. Magic is alive, though his death was pardoned. Round and round the world, the heart would not believe. Though laws were carved in marble, they could not shelter men. Though altars built in parliaments, they could not order men. Police arrested magic and magic went with them For magic loves the hungry But magic would not tarry It moves from arm to arm It would not stay with them Magic is afoot It cannot come to harm It rests in an empty palm It spawns in an empty mind But magic is no instrument Magic is the end But magic stayed behind Many strong men lied They only passed through magic And out the other side Many weak men lied They came to God in secret And though they left him nourished They would not tell who healed Though mountains danced before them They said that God was dead Though his shrouds were hoisted The naked God did live This I mean to whisper to my mind This I mean to laugh with in my mind This I mean my mind to serve till service is but magic Moving through the world and mind itself is magic Coursing through the flesh and flesh itself is magic Dancing on a clock and time itself the magic length of Buffy St. Marie with uh, her song Magic is a Foot in this case equating magic with the life force with the relationships between human beings with those rock bottom feelings we have with which we see and experience the world Buffy St. Marie And then before that, we had Sweet Honey and the Rocks, tribute to the brave young men and women who um, 
did the sit-ins in during the what's called the civil rights movement which of course is still going on <laughs> um, and to all the young people everywhere who stand up for what they believe and finally before that we had Utah Phillips and Annie DeFranco and Phillips effectively uh, gave the argument for labor education. Why should we have labor education anyway? Well, because in our regular history courses, what we hear about are the generals and the industrialists and the kings and the rulers, um, and not regular working people who built this world. So, very eloquent Utah is, as usual, talking about labor education. Now let's look around a little. What's going on with uh, labor movement and labor campaigns around the U.S.? This is the Win Week in Review, Workers Independent News. Workers Independent News Week in Review. I'm Doug Cunningham. American Federation of Teachers President Randy Weingarten says Hillary Clinton's history-making achievement of becoming the first woman to be the presumptive presidential nominee of a major political party reaffirms the promise of America. Weingarten says Clinton's vision and her journey stand in stark contrast to the Republican Party's nominee. A coalition of Los Angeles labor and community groups have come together to fight Department of Homeland Security plans to deport thousands of Central American immigrants. Stop separating families, said federal agents are stepping up arrests and deportations this month of those who had their asylum claims denied. Ernesto Arce has more from Los Angeles. According to Border Patrol statistics, some 120,000 Central American migrants were apprehended for crossing into the U.S. without permission since January 2014. Many unaccompanied children were released to family members after media reports revealed images of dozens of children incarcerated in small concrete rooms. Ulyssa Arceo with Stop Separating Families said the newcomers are not immigrants but refugees. Under our country's laws, there is a process for them to seek asylum. That process is not being followed. We are asking three-year-old children to represent themselves in front of an immigration judge. United Teachers of Los Angeles union organizers will now have access to Alliance Charter School teachers after an administrative law judge found that Alliance Charter Schools was violating California's Educational Employment Rights Act. Attorney Jesus Quinones. They go to basic issues of the organizing rights of UTLA and the organizing rights of Alliance educators, and it reflects a very well-coordinated campaign across all 27 Alliance rules to block organizing in violation of law. The National Labor Relations Board says there's merit in the labor law violations charges filed by Tara Zumer against WeWork. The NLRB says that the office leasing startup company violated worker rights. WeWork broke labor law, according to the NLRB, by firing Zumer when she used legally protected labor rights. Zumer refused to sign an arbitration agreement as a condition of employment, that arbitration clause stripped workers of their rights to go to the NLRB or to court to allege labor violations. The Labor Board says that WeWork's use of that arbitration clause is itself illegal. Zoomer says she's thankful that the NLRB is investigating WeWork. I've never actually understood my rights as a citizen so much until this experience. They're so important when they are threatened and people do need to know that they can stand up for themselves in the work environment and really for, for their lives. The minimum wage in Washington 
Washington, D.C. is headed up to $15 an hour by 2020. The D.C. City Council unanimously approved the $15 wage. D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser says that she will sign the council's $15 minimum wage ordinance. The $15 wage will be phased in between now and 2020, and it will be tied to inflation. The current minimum in Washington, D.C. is $10.50 an hour. Workers Independent News provided by Diversified Media Enterprises. I'm Doug Cunningham. Stay away from the White House, stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House, stay away, I wish you well. Stay away from the White House, or you'll go to Vajrahel. Stay away from New York City, it costs money to live there. Stay away from the country, the banks own all the air. Stay away from their electric, it'll whiten your beard hair. Stay away from smoking cigarettes, stay away, stay away. Stay your hand from off your Marlboro, stay away, stay away. Stay away from nicotine and beer, it'll make you old and gay. Stay away from fucking broomsticks, it'll give you syphilis. Stay away from fucking rubber dolls, even if they got big tits. Stay away from 14-year-old boys, fuck them once, they call it quits. Stay away, stay away, oh yes, yes, stay away from eating chemical donuts for breakfast yesterday. Stay away from living death, though the army gives good pay. Stay away from capitalism and the boss's CIA. Stay away from oil industry, they rob your energy. Stay away from secret policemen when he calls you out to play. Stay away from Satan in the good old USA. Stay away from eating meatballs while the Wall Street Dodgers play. Stay away from the White House this year, wish you a fine day. Stay away, stay away, away from all that jive. Ripping off the niggers just to keep the band alive. Yeah, ripping off the nigger, how us white musicians thrive. Stay away from all them Jew boys with their Zionist delights. Stay away from all them Christians calling all them Jew boys kikes. Stay away from all them prophets, they'll get you into fights. Stay away from all them Arabs with that murder on their mind. Stay away from State Department, they'll bow and scrape your blind. Stay away from Rockefeller, he blows up an oily wind. Stay away from Richard Nixon, he'll get you all in jail. He'll kick you and he'll punch you and he'll make your vision fail. And while he's got you staying away from the White House, he will wail. Oh, stay away from my White House, I got it all my own. Can hear it in the basement, all them singing plumbers groan. Stay away, oh, all you Democrats, except the hawks I've known. You could come into my White House, Senator Jackson Hawk. You're the one that loves the army. Billions you will balk. Mr. Ford and CIA Bush, right in my door you walk. Stay away, 
from Nirvana, your ambition makes you blind. Stay away from Brahmaloka, you can only grasp the wind. Stay away from every heaven, you'll wake up in sovereign mind. Come down, yeah, come down to earth right here on Avenue C and 10th Street. Make your mind I see clear. Come down to earth, Merry Christmas, and I wish you a happy new year. Because the point I also wanted to make, getting back to Indonesia, Angela Davis sneaking in there. That was um, after the Win Labor Report. We had uh, Allen Ginsberg with his song "Stay Away" to the accompaniment of a of a banjo. Here's uh, Radio Labor's report. Radio Labor will give us a world perspective. in the labor movement. Radio Labor. This is Solidarity News on Radio Labor. This is a Radio Labor World Report recorded on Friday, June 10th, 2016. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, a global survey released by the International Trade Union Confederation shows increasing disrespect for human rights, including the right to join a union. In the Philippines, employers are using short-term contracts for multiple employees to fill long-term jobs. And the Labor Start report about union events around the world. This is Radio Labor. Respect for human rights such as freedom of association in unions and collective bargaining has dramatically decreased over the past year. A major survey by the International Trade Union Confederation released June 9th shows that many governments are helping corporations deny basic human rights to their employees. The ITUC is the organization which represents national union centers at the world level. Sharon Burrow is the ITUC's general secretary. There is a war against workers in the world. When you look at the survey today, the shocking thing is that the restrictions on freedom of speech and assembly, including really severe crackdowns, I'm talking violence, um, arrests, sadly in some cases still shootings, and those restrictions on freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of association actually increased by 22%. 50 of the 141 countries in our survey recorded restrictions on freedom. This is an extraordinary situation where governments are not even taking responsibility for the rule of law that would protect the very fundamental rights of working people. I have to tell you that the Middle East and North Africa were again the worst regions for working people, with the kafala system in the Gulf states still enslaving millions of workers. If you look 
at the global labour market, you know the statistics we use. 60% of workers are in the formal economy, but more than half of them are in insecure or unsafe work. 40% of our brothers and sisters, and it's growing, are in the informal economy, a sector of desperation where they have no social security, no minimum wages, and no uh, rights or access to the rule of law. Most of them have no social protection at all, more than 70% of our brothers and sisters. But 45 million workers around the world are in slavery in 2016. Well, I have to tell you the 10 worst countries for working people. I don't think any of you will be surprised. Belarus, China, Colombia, Cambodia, Guatemala, India, Iran, Qatar, Turkey and the UAE. Now, that's an, an arbitrary cutoff because the next 10 and the next 10 aren't so much uh, uh, better. But these countries represent everything that is wrong with the world for workers. Out of 141 countries, the number in which workers are exposed to physical violence and threats increased by 44%, from 36 to 52 countries. That's a huge increase in one year. And unionists were murdered, sadly still, in 11 countries, including Chile, Colombia, Egypt, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Iran, Mexico, Peru, South Africa and Turkey. I have my sister on the right, the sister from DISC, from Turkey, Saski, and frankly Turkey is now becoming a police state. People are not safe in their communities, workers are punished for taking what we would consider normal industrial action against employers who refuse to negotiate or to indeed respect the laws, the labour laws that exist. So this is the state of the world. One of the countries singled out in the ITUC's Global Rights Index was the Philippines. A central issue for workers in that country is the use of repeated short-term contracts involving many people instead of giving one employee a permanent job. Sonny Matula is the president of the Federation of Free Workers in the Philippines. Uh, the issue of contractual labor or the lack of security of tenure is uh, a very crucial issue in the Philippines, particularly among workers. The popular 555 employment arrangement is very rampant, though it is prohibited by law. What do you mean by 555? There is a permanent job. But the workers is given five-month contract. But after the end of the five-month contract, he is replaced by another worker with a five-month contract with the same job. And this uh, second worker, after the end of the five months, then he is replaced by a third worker to work on that permanent job. So it appears that the employers we're just circumventing the law on security of tenure. And this contractual arrangement is being in, uh, done by a lot of employers. In the Philippines, uh, 
a number or majority of the collective bargaining agreements uh, covers or covered uh, only regular workers. So if you are a contractual worker, you cannot be included in these uh, collective bargaining units which only covered regular workers. Other than that, the engagement of manpower agency which has no sufficient capital. The supply workers to a multinational company, and these workers are not considered as workers of the multinational company, but the agency or cooperative. They are members of the cooperative, and this also deprive the workers working in these multinational companies of their right to security of tenure. Now here with his report about union events around the world is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. Here's a small sample of the more than 2,200 stories our volunteers collected in the last week. Our top stories section included links to news about a report detailing the 10 worst countries to be a worker in, a remarkable strike by North Korean workers in Kuwait, and the announcement of a strike date for over a million railway workers in India. We had news of strikes and lockouts in dozens of countries. Here are just a few highlights. Workers at Air Tahiti ended their three-week-long strike over job security with a victory. Egyptian workers at a state-owned garment factory vowed to stop work until they are paid the back wages owed to them. And university support staff in Pakistan started an unlimited strike this week in an effort to force their employer to address their bargaining demands, while teachers in that country ended their sit-in strike until the end of Ramadan. Stories collected on our Working Women page included the targeting of women journalists in Somalia for assassination, the union campaign that finally convinced the Malawi government to act to rescue 20 women domestic workers in Kuwait, and a U.S. court ruling that the national women's soccer team does not have the right to strike. Our health and safety newswire carried stories to hundreds of union websites around the world about the campaign by an ambulance workers union in Canada to supply post-traumatic stress disorder service dogs to members suffering from PTSD and demands for improved safety and hazardous duty pay by Pakistani electricity workers. Currently, Labor Start is running seven online actions. Take just a few seconds out of your day and join thousands of trade unionists around the world in helping workers make their lives better, or even help save those lives. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor from Port Union, Newfoundland, the only union-founded and union-built town in Canada. And that's it. International labor news you can use. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Labor. I'm Art Belanger. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity. Okay, that was our international labor report. And as we always say, uh, this program is dedicated to those 2,500 workers who will die today because of job-related causes or on-the-job <clears throat> mishaps 
occurrences. Looking in the U.S., that number is 150. 150 workers will die today because of job-related causes or incidents. Remember, you're never alone except when you don't stand up. Let's get a look. Some other world news today. Um, this one just came in. This is brand new. Swedish pilots go on strike. 40 flights suspended. Some 3,000 to 4,000 passengers are expected to be affected by a strike involving 400 members of the Swedish Pilots Union. The move comes as talks with the SAS airline over safety, safety, excuse me, over salary adjustments and greater job security failed on Friday evening. The airline this week barely dodged a pilot strike in Norway, where a union representing 435 SAS pilots agreed with the airline late on Thursday. So they settled that one, but this other one is current. What's going on in France? I'm on the Labor Notes website and it says, Strike Sweep France, Opposing Labor Law Rollbacks. Just as the tourist season is starting in France, strikes are preventing half the trains from running. Fuel is in short supply as workers blockade oil refineries. The news is full of riots, burning tires, and police attacking protesters. Strikes across multiple industries are shutting down transportation across France as workers protest a labor reform bill that would strip them of certain basic rights, such as ceilings on overtime hours and job security. Under current law, workers in both the public and private sectors enjoy certain basic rights. A 35-hour week, job security, and overtime premiums of 25% to 50% are among the items that are considered basic worker rights and thus guaranteed by national law. Under the proposed law changes, these rights would no longer be guaranteed. Instead, employers would negotiate them with unions or with individual non-union work workers. In the case of overtime premiums, the employer would be allowed to negotiate down to as little as 10%. So if you work, you're making $10 an hour and you're doing overtime, they, before you might get as high as $15 for overtime, time and a half which is standard. Under this law, you could go as low as uh, $11. Just an extra, what, 10% per hour. 
Workers and student allies are reacting to the proposed reforms with a militant energy that has revitalized labor. Even though union membership in France is down to just 8%, and even though the strikes have disrupted commuters, polls have repeatedly shown public support at 50 to 70%. Okay, workers in France, as always, capital tries to take away what you have and leave you with less. And if you compromise with them, they'll come back and again and ask you to take less than that and less than that and less than that. And they'll cry that they don't have enough money, even though their profits are in the millions or billions. They'll cry that they have to pay their shareholders. Well, who's more important? Certainly, if you buy a share of a company, you're entitled to something if the company does well. But who's more entitled? The workers or the shareholders? I would argue the workers are because without the workers you don't have a company. All right, now this one is billed as a hip hop version of Solidarity Forever. Um, Ralph Chaplin, the the uh, IWW poet wrote this song. I. Solidarity Forever, and this is billed as a hip-hop version. Let's listen up by Ted James. Never told to earn, but without 
book and turn We can break the hottie power, gain the freedom when we learn That our voice bring down showers till the grease ceases to burn With our hands we built a movement greater than that hoarded gold Greater than the mighty armies magnified a thousand fold Watch us as we birth the new world from the ashes of the old Share the wealth, disperse the riches, mighty union, we are bold, bold. <laughs> And that was a hip-hop version of Solidarity Forever, the famous song by Ralph Chaplin, socialist, IWW poet. Have some more of that. How about some Tupac? This is uh, Changes. Now tell me what's a mother to do Being real don't appeal 
to the brother in you. You gotta operate the easy way. I made a G today. But you made it in a sleazy way. Sell a crack to the kid. I gotta get paid. Well, hey, well that's the way it is. Come on. Come on. That's just the way it is. Things will never be the same. That's just the way it is. Oh, yeah. Damn it. See no changes. Can a brother get a little peace? It's warm on the streets and a war in the Middle East. Instead of war on poverty, they got a war on drugs so the police can bother me. And I never did it, I ain't have to do. But now back with the box, giving it back to you. Don't let them jack you up, back you up, crack you up, and pips back you up. You gotta learn to hold your own. They get jealous when they see you with your mobile phone. But tell the cops I can't touch this. I don't trust this when they try to rush it. This, that's the sound of my You say it ain't cool My mama didn't raise no fool And as long as I stay black I gotta stay And I never get to lay back Cause I always gotta worry about the payback Some buck that I roughed up way back Coming back after all these years That's the way it is uh. That's just the way it is Things will never be the same just the way it is.
your behind bars in the worst way Far from your family, cause you're locked away Now tell me, do you really think crime pays? You know, taking what your brother had? A little sucker, you talking all that jazz It's time to stand together in a unity Cause if not, then you're with soon to be self-destroyed Unemployed, D-Rap race will be lost without a trace Or a clue but what to do is stop the violence and kick the science Down the road that we call eternity Where knowledge is forming, you learn to be self-sufficient, independent. To teach to each is what rap intended, but society wants to invade. So do not walk this path that they laid. It's self-destruction, yeah, for self-destruction. Let's get together because we're falling apart I heard a brother shot another, it broke my heart I don't understand the difficulty, people Love your brother, treat him as an equal They call us animals, Mm-mm, I don't agree with them I'll prove them wrong, but right is what you're proving them Take heed before I leave to what I'm saying Or we'll all be on our knees praying Deep in the heart of the matter The self-destruction is served on a platter Making a day, not failing to anticipate They got greedy, so they fell for the bait That makes them a victim, pick them New Jack in jail because the feds never duck There's no one around cause in jail you're a number They never took the time to wonder about Okay, a nice uh, divergence there into uh, some hip-hop. Again, the uh, mythology is that hip-hop 
is not socially responsible. There are no hip-hop protest songs. Well, that is completely wrong, beginning with uh, The Jungle by uh, Grandmaster Flash in 1979, I believe. Anyway, if you look into hip-hop at all, you'll see that it's uh, very hip politically. The statements are raw, they come out of experience, and they're angry, as we all should be. So we lost another <clears throat> very important person this week, Helen Fabella Chavez. She died uh, on June the 6th. Helen Chavez, who do you say that? Who's that? Well, let's talk a little about it. Um, Cesar Chavez, her husband, has come in for a lot of criticism, both while he was alive and, and after he died in 1993. And uh, people say, oh, well, he um, kept the Union Central. He didn't have uh, election local elections at the sites. He only trusted people in his family. He was a uh, rampant, at times, anti-communist. Um, all these things are more or less true, but, but what I always say is, okay, you get in your 49 Dodge or whatever car he had and drive around California and organize farm workers, you know? Living room meeting by living room meeting church meeting by church meeting, going to talk to people wherever they were about a union. And this was not the first time that farm workers had attempted to unionize and make their lives better. Uh, beginning in 1826 with Indians at the uh, <clears throat> San Juan Capistrano mission who stopped working because they were being treated too badly. Of course, this type of resistance goes back to the very first time the very first person was hired to work the very first job. At any rate, Chavez did that, but that's only part of the story because in stories like this, hero stories, for example, about Cesar Chavez, we tend to forget about the people who did things that made him possible to be a hero. And Helen Fabella Chavez was one of those people. She was born in 1928 in Brawley, California. Uh, her parents had come from San Jacinto, Sombrete, Mexico and San Jacinto. They met when they came to uh, the U.S. after the Mexican Revolution and eventually married in Los Angeles, California. Both worked as migrant laborers, so Helen knew from the very beginning the 
campesino life. Uh, when she was 15 and her father died, she left high school to support her family, mother, two sisters, and four brothers, of whom she was the eldest. She worked in a grocery store and eventually made her way to working in the fields and vineyards full time. Uh, she met Cesar Chavez in 1942 when she was 14 years old and still in high school in Delano, California. When he came back from his service in World War II as a ship's cook, which he hated, he began spending more time with her. She said later that they dated inexpensively, walking in the moonlight or perhaps a movie. And it was at one of these movies where Chavez, who was in uniform and in the Navy at the time, was uh, denied seating in the white section of uh, the movie theater. He was taken to, he was arrested and taken to the sheriff, but there was no charge. Uh, segregation in California was usually de facto instead of uh, institutionalized in the law, although just as effective and maintained by terror as was the uh, apartheid system in the South. They were married in a civil ceremony in 1948 at the time she was 20 years old married in a church wedding in San Jose and enjoyed a two-week honeymoon before settling into their new lives together. Although she was trying to start her own family, she remained the main source of income for her siblings and parents. And they settled permanently in Delano. The two of them grew to a family of 10 over the next decade with a total addition of eight children. Now, that's some work right there. Helen Chavez was influenced from a very young age because of her father's involvement in the Mexican Revolution. Her role was juggling the competing demands of family life sexual division of labor and protest. Chavez and Helen were very traditional in their approach to, uh, to the sexual division of labor. Chavez was persuaded by Helen to be, to join, be a CSO organizer. That's when he met Fred Ross and at first uh, turned him down because he was white. Um, her involvement, Helen's involvement in CSO activities is often overshadowed by her husband's political involvement. Although the volunteerism of Helen Chavez and other women behind the scenes made the CSO one of the most successful associations for Mexican Americans in California at that time. Now all the time while Cesar was out organizing or when Cesar was leading um, marches or when Cesar was uh, encouraging people to come out on strike in the fields, Helen Chavez was working to support her family. 
She also taught literacy classes for migrant workers during voting drives and later assisted people in gaining U.S. citizenship. So, Helen Chavez worked behind the scene as all people, all all prominent figures have people working behind the scenes and most of the time they're women. Uh, her experience working in the fields made her an invaluable part of the spirit of the movement. And there, there were times where she did go out on the picket line and get arrested as depicted in the movie about uh, Cesar Chavez. On June 6, 2016, Helen Chavez died at a Bakersfield hospital at the age of 88. She had been fighting an unspecified infection. They also serve, who raise the kids, they also serve those who keep food on the table for their families. They also serve who participate in picket lines, put themselves on the line. Helen Chavez, an important figure in the California labor movement. I want to go over those, those uh, rap songs. I didn't really say much about them, but uh, first of all, we had Tupac's changes about how we got to make changes if we're going to live together peacefully. Public in um, sorry, stop the violence movement about self-destruction. The argument that we made last week about why do workers go out and kill themselves? Why should a worker go out and kill another worker just because he's from a, or she is from another country? The same thing goes in the neighborhoods. <coughs> Stop the Violence Movement, uh, MC Light, Cool Mo D, Heavy D, talking about how the neighborhood is going to destroy itself. Why do we go out and kill our own? Why do young black men go out and kill one another, or young Latino men, or young white men go out and kill each other on the street when the real enemy is elsewhere. Helen Favela Chavez. This is The Bee and we're coming at you from Mutiny Radio, the Labor and Love Show. Mutiny Radio, Social Justice Radio for the Bay and Beyond. Here's a little more rap. This is Freedom of Speech by Immortal Technique, who's uh... Stop, Stop. and thank you, baby. I want to stop. 
since I've done them before But you brighten up all my days With a love so sweet in so many ways I wanna stop 